0: Amen, amen. Amen. If you brought your Bibles, uh, Matthew chapter 12. Matthew chapter 12. I'll tell you how I wound up here this morning. Last week um, we came here to church and uh, Brad, me and, I don't know Brad very well, but I know Brad through my wife and he knows their family and stuff and there's something that's always intrigued me about Brad and um, I knew he didn't sleep a lot. So the first time I came here, I told him, asked him what time the service was. He said, well, if you got something to preach, you can bring it. Well, the Lord didn't really hit me with anything. And um, so I guess it was Thursday, Friday night. I was up at 1230. I don't know why. I don't normally have a problem sleeping or anything of that. But uh, Brad was up, like always. And um, I messaged him, and I told him what the Lord was doing in my spirit. And uh, he came, and he asked me to preach, and I'm thankful for that. But, but, I, but I'm, not, I'm not here to preach at you. I'm here to preach with you. Come on. Okay, I'm here for us to flow in the corporate anointing and bring out what God's got. And I'm looking for, I never step into a pulpit or a place of position of ministry that I don't come expecting God to do something in somebody's life. Okay? So I came here with the expectancy that I expect somebody's life to be changed, whether that be through salvation, whether that be to a deeper commitment with God, whether that to be to deal with an issue in your life, that's how I came this morning. Was it with an expectation of somebody's life to be transformed by the power of the preaching of the Word of God. Okay? And I don't take it lightly. I didn't show up here with With, with, without prayer and respect for, for God's calling on my life, I came with an expectancy for Him to do something great in this house this morning, okay? And, um, I, I got the feeling that some of you guys did as well. Yeah. It feels good to be in this atmosphere, to feel what God's gonna do, but, but, um, man, we're living in some, we're living in some challenging times. We're living in some, in some times where, um, it, it, it's, it's a challenge, okay? I don't know how else to put it because I don't believe that, I don't believe that there's a lot of, um, I don't know how to word it in the right, <clears throat> excuse me, the right terminology, but but I still believe God's on the throne. I yeah. still believe God's ruling. I That's still right. believe God's reigning. Right. And you know what? I don't think in, in in March of last year when this thing hit, I don't think God was up there saying, "You know, they caught me off guard." Yeah. Yeah. He's still in control. He's still ruling. He's still reigning. He's still got a plan for his church. He's still got a plan for his people. He's still saving. He's still doing mighty great things in people's lives. But. There's a question I want to ask you this morning: Are you missing the miracle? Matthew chapter 12. Are you missing the miracle? Now I want you to think about that as we get down through this. I got three, three or four points, and then I'll get out of your way and see what the Lord has to do. But I want to ask you the question: Are you missing the miracle? In Matthew chapter 12, it's an interesting passage of Scripture, and I'm going to read verses 8 through 14. But when we begin to read in this Matthew in Matthew's Gospel chapter 12, we begin to see that there are some Pharisees. That are having a hard time getting over what they've been taught and the ways that the way they've been doing things. And Jesus comes on the scene, and if you know anything about Jesus and the Word of God, you understand that when Jesus begins to come into places, He begins to disrupt everything around Him. Jesus wasn't one that just came in there and, and just just sat down and hunkered down and just just weathered the storm. Jesus came into people's lives. He disrupted their lives. He healed them. He cast out demons. He did all these amazing things. And Jesus began to disrupt their way of thinking. He began to disrupt their way of the way they began to do things. And as we we're going to find out towards the end of this passage, we're going to learn that, that they couldn't see past this mirror. They couldn't see past their own traditions, their own thoughts the way god was beginning to work but they they couldn't see the miraculous power of god because they couldn't get past themselves <laughs> come on okay yeah and much like Brad said there's times in our lives when we got to get past ourselves we got to move on from the way we think things should go God doesn't move in my life sometimes, and I'm gonna be flat out honest with you. He doesn't move in my life sometimes because I don't believe that He can. And number two is, is I've gotta get outside of myself to where He can let me, let, allow me to think right and move in the right direction. See, my mind controls a lot of the things I do. Right. And the way I think the way I, you know, it says in the Bible, it says Jesus went into his hometown. I'm not going to quote it. Right. But he goes into his hometown and he shows up and he doesn't do many mighty miracles there. Why? Because of their unbelief. Okay, Now what that tells me is it didn't matter if you were a drug addict. It didn't matter if you were a drunk. It didn't matter if you was an adulteress. It doesn't matter any of that. What matters was it was because of their unbelief. God has a plan. It doesn't matter what your past is. If you can just believe, He can change your life. So let's read here Matthew chapter 12. I'm going to read verses 8 through 14. And then i got a few points and then we'll uh, turn it back over to Brad. This is what the Bible says. It says, verse 8 says, For the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath day. Now I want you to pay close attention to this verse nine. There's a very important word in this verse. It says, And when he was departed thence, he went into their synagogue. Come on. That's good. He went into their synagogue. And behold, there was a man there that had his hand withered, and they asked him, saying, Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath days that they might accuse him? Now I wonder how long this guy went there with this infirmity. And nobody ever paid attention to him until Jesus showed up, right. right? How many people go to churches all across America and they've got infirmities, they've got issues, they got withered hands, but nobody pays attention to them right. till God shows up, right? This one says, it says, and he said unto them, What man shall there be among you that shall have one sheep, and if it fall into the pit on the Sabbath day, he will not lay hold of it and lift it out? How much then is a man better than a sheep? Wherefore is it lawful to do well on the Sabbath days? Then saith he to the man. (laughs) He said, stretch forth thine hand. Bless you, Corey. Bless you, Corey. Now I want you to think about that in this passage of, of, of his feelings. Not of the surroundings, not of what's going on, but he said, stretch forth thine hand. And he stretched it forth and it was restored whole, like as the other. Now this is, one of the saddest passages in the entire word of God. There's some There's some sad ones, but this is sad in this instance. He said, then the Pharisees went out and held a council against them, how they might destroy them." Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for this day you've given us. Come on. I thank you for this opportunity, God. I thank you for this church. I thank you for these willing vessels that chose to come out this morning. Just be with us. Anoint us from Lord high. In your name we pray. Amen. Now, my question this morning is, are you missing your miracle? But... When we begin to look down this passage, and when we when we begin to to break this down in, in a way that I'm a simple guy, right? I'm a simple guy. I, I got I got a degree, a, a bachelor's degree, but down deep, I'm just a simple guy. I like to have it just like I simple, right? You simple? Just like to have, I don't need no, no big, I can't handle big words, I don't know big words, all those things I'm going to send So when we preach this message, I'm going to do it in an application standpoint so you can make some applications to your life that might help you. So he says, and when he was departed the thence, he went into their synagogue. Now that word there is an interesting word in this verse. He says, he went into their synagogue. Now, here's what's happened in America. If you want to know the truth about everything that's going on in America, I want to be totally transparent with you this morning, is I believe the church has failed America. Come on, that's I believe true. that. I believe Christians have not been the in the light they should have been. I'm not blaming you guys. I'm saying us as a whole. But we've got the ability to transform this world. Right. But look at what it says here. And he departed. He went into their synagogue. What that tells me is that Jesus went into a place that they've transformed into their place. <laughs> He went into a place, a building, an establishment, whatever you want to call it. He showed up in that instance and he called it their synagogue. Matthew writes, he said, he went into their synagogue. See, if we want God to move, if you want God to really move... It's got to be his house. Yeah, it's, he's got to be able to move. He's got to be able to function. He's got to be able to speak through people. He's got to be able to work through people. I love I love Brad's thing this morning when he tore up the to that I think that was a, that was a, a a a thing of where he just ripped it up and said, "God, if you're here, just do it. That's right. Just do it." Okay, so he went into their synagogue. It wasn't his place. It was he, he. And we learned out through these verses, if the Bible begins to show us that it was their synagogue. It was there's, imagine this imagine this passage of scripture. Imagine a, a, a person with a firm and he walks in the back, back there. Say they got a withered hand, say they got a, a bad leg, whatever it may be. Say they got that. Say they came in here for years. I'm talking, you you, you know this person, you've seen them, you talked to them, maybe even you've prayed with them. And Jesus shows up one day. And the man gets healed. The Bible says he got as whole as the other one was to the other hand. So he was restored. Yeah. And imagine walking out the back door. The only thing you could grumble to yourself was is we just we just don't like Jesus. Because the Bible, this happened. Yeah. This isn't just a story. This is the word of God. This happened. OK, so but I want you to think about that terminology and our mindset as they went on. But he went into their synagogue. Next thing is. Jesus got in their stuff. He wasn't afraid to go into this, into this synagogue. He wasn't afraid to walk in there. And he wasn't afraid to do what his heavenly father called him to do. Right, right. You know, and a lot of people I think they live on, they, they would have known how powerful Jesus was. If you go back to um, Matthew chapter 9, verse 26, the Bible clearly states this is, and the fame of Jesus there went abroad into all the land. Right. So they've heard about this guy. He's done some things, he's moved all these different things. He's done these things, right? So when Jesus shows up, they know a little bit about him he's just not rolling in there as some some stranger they've heard about this man they know who he is these different things but I want you to look at this thing it says it says in verse 10 it says and behold there was a man and had his hand withered okay withered now I want you to look up look at what this word withered means it means shrunken dry land or withered I don't know why it repeats itself, but it says withered in the dead. That's, that's the original context of the Greek of what they're telling you this is. But, but when we look at this guy, he was withered. I wonder today how many people that have chosen to meet across this great country that we live in, maybe it was at 10 o'clock, maybe it was 11 o'clock, have went their whole lives with something withered in their life. Come on. Your whole life, I was raised in church, I probably went to church nine months before I was born. I was there. And, you know, I spent some time in churches with withered parts of myself, yeah. with dry and, and broken pieces and all those different things. And I lived, I lived in a way that, like, I didn't really think I could get help. But once I began to get a deeper revealing of who Christ was, once I began to understand, once I could get over myself, once I could begin to look into his eyes and just understand what he wanted for me, it made things better for me. Right? But I wonder how many people, maybe you're sitting here today and maybe you've been to church your whole life. Maybe you've been coming to Rock Branch Independent Church your whole life. Every day, week in and week out. And you've been suffering with something. You've been suffering with something that's dry in your life. Something that's withered. Maybe some of us are suffering from a dry and shrunken mentality because that's all we've ever known. Maybe some of us are suffering from uh, jealousy or, or envy or, or strife or family issues or marriage problems or all those different things. Maybe we're suffering with those things. But it's our choice today if we want to get healed. It's our choice today. Now, look at verse 13 with me. Then saith he to the man, speaking of Jesus, he said, stretch forth thy hand." I want you to think about this with me. This guy's here. He's in the synagogue. His hands withered. He's he's feeling this. I I can't help but think that maybe he's feeling thoughts of anxiety. Thoughts of embarrassment. Thoughts of, of, can I do this? You know, anxiety is a term that's thrown around a lot in today's society. Right? We talk about stress. We talk about stressful times we're living in. We talk about these different things. But, but, but I can't help but think of this man with his withered hand. And I can't help but think about the way he was feeling at the time. I can't help but think. Well, maybe he was embarrassed of his issue. Maybe he was stressed about, well, what if I stretch forth and it don't work? Right? Right? What if I stretch forth and it doesn't, what if, what if I stretch forth and it doesn't work? And what if I hold my hand out there and, and people that might not even know who I was, what if they see that, 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 how bad I am? Right. You know, sometimes in our lives, the only way God's going to move in our lives is if we can unmask ourselves and get ourselves out of the way. Yeah. You know, we, 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 we go over to, um, we're, we're, we get it. We're involved on in the service over on the West side. It's hard to talk about it, right? Yeah. Right. So we go over on the West Side Service and we're, we're, we're talking to these people. and it, It's basically like a, I don't know how to explain it to you other than it's a Sunday school class and trying to transition people from recovery into the church. We go over there and it, it, it's broken me numerous amounts of times. We go in there and there's people that come in there and, and I love them. And they show up in there and their prayer requests are, Lord, just let me see my kid. Come on. Lord, I gotta I just need a place to stay tonight. Yeah. Lord, I just need something to eat today. And I thought about that service and I thought about what God's doing in there and how powerful it is, and I begin to realize if the church could just unmask themselves, just take away all that stuff they see throughout the week and just get real with God. We need a generation of people that wants to get real with God. I want to see, you know, I thought about the children of Israel back in the book of Exodus. There was a generation that was born in Exodus. I mean in Egypt, not Exodus. There was a generation that was born in Egypt. They were born into bondage. They were born into slavery. They spent 400 and some years. There was a generation. You know what? Then there was a generation that was born in the wilderness. Right? A generation that was born in in, going through the wilderness, seeing what? But you know what? There was a generation that was born in the promise. Come on. I'm looking for that generation that's born in the promised land. We're not going to back down from what God's called us to do. There's no government. There's no president. There's no a Senate. Nobody that can hinder what God's going to do in our lives. You know, and I that, that really got in my stuff a couple weeks ago Come on. when this election took place. This ain't political. This is just going to tell you, I don't care who you voted for, but I want to tell you that I began to put my trust in a man, and God really convicted me about that. My source ain't from no White House. Come on. My source ain't from no Congress, no Senate. My source is from the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. He saved me. He bought me with this blood. I'm on a path. I'm going to to the promised land. And you know what? It don't matter what this world happens. He can take it all away. I'm still headed in the right direction. Come on. And we as Christians, we've got to learn. We've got to learn to take it off. That's right. If you're here this morning and you're struggling with something, the best thing you can do is you can take it off and get it right with God. That's the best thing. But watch this with me. We got this man standing here. And he's got this withered hand. And Jesus is there. Now, I have to think, just knowing about Jesus and knowing the Bible, that there would have had to been some kind of power in that room. Okay? Yeah. But he comes there. He's got his hand. And he, and, and he stretched forth his hand. All those feelings, that flood of emotions. Those, those years he's had that withered hand, the embarrassment, all those different things, he stretched forth his hands in an act of obedience to what right. Jesus told him to do. An act of obedience. That's he stretched right. forth his hand. That's right. Now watch this with me. The restoration happened in the stretch. Right. Now let's make an application to that. The restoration of the man's hand, it happened in the stretch. Now I don't really don't know how long his hand has been like this. But I'm going to assume it's been a while. And see, what happened was is Jesus calls him out of something that's been comfortable for him for so long. See, here's the thing. Here's the the thing the Lord showed me is you can get comfortable in your sin. You can get comfortable in your comfortability, if that makes any sense. Right? There's a lot of people, they're just comfortable. They're okay with where they're at. Don't, Don't tell me to do anything. I'm just, I'm happy going to church three days a week. I just want to sit in this pew and that's, that's it. There's people that's like that. right? And he begins, but man begins to, he reaches forth his hand in an act of obedience to speak it to the God. And, and the Bible actually says, he said, stretch forth thine hand, stretch it." Now to make an application to our lives, sometimes we're going to have to stretch Come on. to yeah. get restored. Yeah. Sometimes there's going to be some stretching in our lives for us to reach restoration. In America, it's going to take some Christians that are willing to be stretched to restore this country. Yes. In your churches, it's going to take some Christians that you are willing to be stretched to restore your churches. In some, in some schools, it's going to take some teachers, some, some people to stretch to be able to be. See, I want restoration. I want, us, I want us to be the greatest country on earth. I want, I want every church I went into to be the greatest church. I want people to stand up. You know what? I hate a waste of talent. <laughs> yeah. I hate, a, I hate to see somebody that has a God-gifted talent inside of them, an ability to do something, you know, because it's all ministry. You know, I've talked about the Lord installing an AC unit. <laughs> I've talked about the Lord putting tile down. I've talked about the Lord mowing grass. I've talked about the Lord, all these different things. But it's going to take a generation that's rising up and they're going to be able to stretch forth whatever it is. And that's when God's going to begin to restore things the way they should be. But see, what happens is is we just get comfortable. right? We're okay. We just, can I I be honest this morning? It's okay if we just sit back and wait until the Lord comes back. It's okay. I'm not saying he's not coming back, but I don't want to be found sitting in my church recliner just waiting on him to get here. Come on. Yeah. I want God to move. I want him to stretch. I want him to stretch means this to extend to cast, to put forth, to stretch forth. I can't help but think of this man. And the, the nervousness of himself, the embarrassment, the anxiety, the stressful things. I mean, what's these people going to say about me? I can't help but think of him as they begin to stretch his fourth hand in obedience. And Jesus began to look him in the eyes and say, listen, I got this. And you know what? When, he, when Jesus restored that hand, he went away a change person. Right. See, restoration will change you. Amen. You know, you might be here this morning. You might need some restoration with your family. You might need some restoration in your marriage. You might need some restoration with your kids. I need some restoration with my kids. <laughs> Come on. I was out in the parking lot a while ago. And, uh, my mom and dad came with me and Joe, I told Joe, I said, don't step on my shoe. Right? Somebody was out there and I was embarrassed. But I said, don't step on my shoe. And what did he do? He stepped on my shoe. <laughs> and it made me mad. <laughs> but my God wants to restore some things. He, God, God's not sitting up there. just just wait to strike us if we do something bad. God's up there. He wants to pour it out on us. He wants to to bless us. He wants to take us to places we've never expected before. But it's going to take a belief in Him that, that we never thought. Last point is, don't miss your miracle. Don't miss your miracle. Look at verse 14 with me. Somebody wants to come get a song, that'd be good. Look at verse 14 with me. Like I said, one of the one of the roughest passages, one of the roughest verses says, "Then the Pharisees went out and held a council against him, how they might destroy him." I'm going to read it again. The Pharisees went out; they held a council against him, how they might destroy him. Help us, Lord. Now watch this. He was healed. I mean, I believe the Bible to be true. I believe it's the inspired word of God. And if something's said in here, I'm going to believe it. And it says in verse 13, it says, it was restored the whole like as the other. So he was was restored completely. As whole as that hand has ever been, it was restored. It says, then the Pharisees went out and they held counsel against him how they might destroy him. You know, I thought about this. I thought about this for a few days now. I thought about how sad that they missed the miracle because of a tradition they've been trying to live up to. Come on, that's good. How, how sad. You know, I, you think about this. If somebody got healed in this place, I mean, I would just expect the place to erupt. But see what they did? They went out and they had a board meeting. Right. That's what. That's what it says. Then the Pharisees went out, so they left the synagogue. They held counsel against him, how they might destroy him. Right. And watch this with me. Just because if they thought the way something should go, how it should be performed, how it should should go out. They missed the miracle. Amen. See, this year and last year, God's showing us that it's not about a building. Because you know, during the pandemic, he took us away from the church. It ain't a, he showed me, he's like, it ain't about a building. You can have the grandest building, the biggest building, has the nicest seats, all that stuff. God took that away from us. Yeah. He said, you're going to have to live without your church for a while. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Right? And all these different things, but 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 imagine this with me. Imagine, imagine getting healed, and the Pharisees—the only thing they had in their hearts was to destroy you. Come on, the only thing—they weren't excited. They weren't. They weren't praising God for what had happened. They weren't doing all that stuff. You know why I believe it was because God did. Jesus did something that they should have been doing the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus came into this place. He showed up. This guy had come to this place for for a number of days, I believe. And Jesus did something that they should have been doing the whole time. right? And they missed the miracle. So my question to you is today, are you missing your miracle? Are you missing your miracle? Now, I don't know what that means to you. My miracle will be different from your miracle. Whatever God's trying to do in your life. Are you missing what God's trying to do in your life? Listen. Listen. God wants to do something. You know, the Bible says he'll do a exceedingly abundant thing above all. All. That we think or do. And I wonder this morning, if you can't get your eyes off of something that's going on around. You know, it's easy to get distracted today. All you got to do is turn on the TV. For 30 seconds, and your whole life is just ruined. You got to get on the news, get on Facebook, talk to some of your friends, and your whole life is disrupted. I mean, you lose your focus on Jesus, you forget about all the good things He's done for you. I know there's a lot of people out there. This, this is my own conviction, but there's a lot of people out there, they like to stand and they like to talk about how bad things are. But you know, I've been around a lot of people and I'll go out that door and I'll get in a car and Lord willing it'll start and my heat will come on and I'll probably go get some lunch. I'll probably go back to my house and it's got heat in it. And I start looking around and I start thinking about the people that talk about how bad it is. Do you really have a bad is it really bad in your life that we, that we can that we can get in an automobile and drive to our place and we got clothes to put on and all the? Now there are people that have a bad, but I begin to learn that the people that complain about the negativity and the bad are the people that have a it good. It's you know what it is. It's all about your perspective. It's all about how you see things. So listen, like I said, I came with an expectancy for God to move in somebody's life. If you're here tonight and you need salvation or here today and you need salvation, let's get saved. If you're here today and you're struggling with some issue, whatever it might be in your life, let's get it worked out. God wants to restore some things today. God wants to restore some relationships. God wants to restore some marriages. God wants to restore some some families. God wants to restore somebody's life. God, Maybe it's here tonight and you're here for some healing. God wants to restore those things in your life. But here's what it's going to take. It's going to take for you stretching forth whatever it is you've got to give up. Right? You've got to be willing to stretch how many ever played sports? Right? Three people. (laughs) Play sports, right? But what you do when you play sports is after you've played or you've worked out for a while, if you don't begin to stretch, things begin to get tight. Right? Things begin to shrink, they begin to tighten up, they begin to draw back, they begin to do all these different things. And what happens is if you don't begin to stretch, it begins to put you in a tight position. And when Jesus told this man to stretch forth his hand, he stretched it forth. But I don't believe it was comfortable for him to do. It. So as they get a song, if you need to pray, let's pray. Come on, let, let, let God work in your life this morning. Let him move in your life. Let him, let him change something. Let him transform something. Maybe it's, your, maybe it's your mind. Maybe it's your thought process that you need to get worked out. There's nothing wrong with that. And you know the funny thing about the funny thing about serving God is, you can come up to this altar or you can pray in your seat. Nobody has to know but you and him. Nobody has to know but you and him. Page two seventy-five.